Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. novel Jane Eyre by English writer Charlotte Bronte. It's the story of a young orphaned girl who lives with her aunt and cousins and is mistreated by them. The novel is considered one of the greatest works of English fiction. In part one, we read chapter one and the opening of chapter two. Poor little Jane is bullied by her entire adopted family of an aunt and cousins, along with being misunderstood and treated meanly by their servants. After she is unfairly punished for standing up for herself by being locked in a guest room, she starts to examine this red-colored room further. was a square chamber, very seldom slept in, I might say never, indeed, unless when a chance influx of visitors at Gateshead Hall rendered it necessary to turn to account all the accommodation it contained. Yet it was one of the largest and stateliest chambers in the mansion, 
a bed supported on massive pillars of mahogany, hung with curtains of deep red damask, stood out like a tabernacle in the center. The two large windows, with their blinds always drawn down, were half shrouded in festoons and falls of similar drapery. The carpet was red. The table at the foot of the bed was covered with a crimson cloth. The walls were a soft fawn color with a blush of pink in it. The wardrobe, the toilet table, the chairs were of darkly polished old mahogany. Out of these deep surrounding shades rose high and glared white, the piled up mattresses and pillows of the bed spread with a snowy Marseille counterpane. Scarcely less prominent was an ample cushioned easy chair near the head of the bed, also white with a footstool before it and looking, as I thought, like a pale throne. This room was chill because it seldom had a fire. It was silent because remote from the nursery and kitchen. Solemn because it was known to be so seldom entered. The housemaid alone came here on Saturdays to wipe from the mirrors and the furniture a week's quiet dust. And Mrs. Reed herself, at far intervals, visited it to review the contents of a certain secret drawer in the wardrobe, where were stored divers parchments, her jewel casket, and a miniature of her deceased husband. And in those last words lies the secret of the Red Room, the spell which kept it so lonely in spite of its grandeur. Mr. Reed had been dead nine years. It was in this chamber he breathed his last. Here he lay in state. Hence his coffin was borne by the undertaker's men. And since that day, a sense of dreary consecration had guarded it from frequent intrusion. My seat, to which Bessie and the bitter Miss Abbott had left me riveted, was a low ottoman near the marble chimney piece. The bed rose before me. To my right hand, there was a high, dark wardrobe with subdued, broken reflections varying the gloss of its panels. To my left were the muffled windows, a great looking glass between them repeated the vacant majesty of the bed and room. I was not quite sure whether they had locked the door, and when I dared move, I got up and went to see. Alas, yes, no jail was ever more secure.